Shepherds of Men is a secular movement started by three men of faith. We wholeheartedly believe that when we get the men right, we get the world right. We believe this because we believe that men are created and called to be leaders, and we believe there is an alarming deficit of leadership in our world today. And although the three of us have come from drastically different backgrounds, our core principles have given us a unified voice that is needed now more than ever to pave the way for a fundamental change in our culture. We are quite literally calling men to something great. Welcome to the movement. Welcome everybody to the Movement Podcast with the Shepherds Men. I'm <laughs> this is gonna be great. Cam's with me here. today. I don't know, dude. I'm done. <laughs> I, I'm telling you right now, today I am done. I am officially mentally fried. We're not like, even editing that. Chris, just, just everybody start else. From is, where he yeah, we're we're gonna start from right Keep there. So I'm I'm with my brother Cam. You guys want me to do the intro? Yeah, if I you think could, you that'd should, be great. Dude. This is actually our first podcast. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, it's the first but, time we've ever done this. Thank you guys for tuning in. You guys are now joining the Shepherds of Men podcast, where we are men on the move. And I am here with your host, JP and Cam, and we're going to be working out some cool stuff today with your guest, Luke Jacobsma. Thank you for joining us at the podcast. There you yeah. go. And, All right. We just we just got a third leg of leadership here. That's right. That's oh, yeah. Outstanding. Wow. Oh, this is good. how partnerships are developed. It's way, it's, that's a way to kick it off, man. And um, I thought you just looked good, Luke. I mean... Man, you know, I do my, I do my best. I've had, I've had my share of stage time in my life. And, uh, you know, when, when pressure happens, you just got to perform. So that's right. That's right. Well, if you could pass that on to JP, that'd be fantastic. I think I need a nap. It is Friday. It is Friday afternoon. We are probably spent throughout the whole week. I get out. No, no damn excuses. No, do not let him off. (laughs) (laughs) No, but, uh, real shit though, man, I didn't have that all scripted out. Your script was a lot better than mine. I'll write it down next time. So, but, uh, Luke, man, it's good to have you in here, buddy. We go way back to like last year, uh, where you were kicking our (laughs) ass in an event with, uh, with Nick uh man it's good to finally have you on here we've been trying to get you on trying to sync some things up and yeah Yeah. good good to have you on man yeah no absolutely i'm I'm glad that it worked out i'm glad we're finally here and i'm stoked so uh let's go i'm a little troubled i'm a little troubled i want so so we were having some some witty banter before we started uh officially recording and for for our listeners if you're just listening to this and not watching it on youtube but you should go over to youtube and subscribe and like it and share it with your friends um Luke, and, and don't start judging us because this is going to be the second podcast in a row where we had a guest from California. Don't like, don't pigeonhole us into being like some West Coast, you know, hippy dippy people. We just happen to know some, like the exceptions, some super cool people over in California that are the exceptions to the rule. So uh, I say that in all love and I'm just kidding, but he has a jacket on. But wait, you're in hunting, you're, you're in Huntington Beach, right? It's a shirt jacket. Yeah. Oh, okay. Jacket. It's, it's okay. just like a heavy flannel. It looks okay. like a jacket, okay. but it's a heavy well, flannel. Well, you said it was chilly over there, and I was like, "Where are you again?" I'm in Huntington Beach, California. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's- All right. So he's in Orange County, though. That's a little different. Like Orange County is its own, its own area down there in Southern oh, California. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. They have seceded. That. Okay. <laughs> it's usually <laughs> where I go I, when I have to go down there for work. That's usually where I go to eat and stuff. So I can't tell if Luke likes my my bashing of California or not, but it's okay. We're still friends. You know, I've been here. I've heard it all. I've been here <laughs> my life. 
no you're you're one of the good ones bro seriously like no we we really we appreciate you being on here we told you you said is there anything i can do to prepare we said just don't filter well that goes for us too All right. we just uh we, we just say it and uh you know sometimes it comes off well sometimes it does not it's not well received and that's fine so. <laughs> I'm, a, so, I'm a pretty literal person so if you're telling jokes that are like pretty complicated they're gonna fly right over my head oh, I'm sure. that right now. you got it you got to go hey luke that's a joke and then ah got ah, it luke that's a joke yeah. oh you were bashing it's, california kids. it's all okay. out of jealousy it's all out of jealousy Jeez. it's 29 degrees here i'm just jealous no i love california i just don't love the politics the weather the view uh just about all of it the climate it's all it's all wonderful yeah. it's gorgeous out there it's the yeah, politics. I, I, I second that it's yeah. just an easy target right now. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I, I love yeah, I love I love California. I've no. been out there several times. And... I would imagine if I was from you're born and raised there, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, I would imagine I would be like just absolutely disgusted because it's such a beautiful place and it is such an amazing place. And unfortunately, some douchebags have really um, made it into a place that's not as appealing. But so I I, I somewhat feel your pain. See, I'm from Mississippi, so just like right out of the gate, people have no respect for it. So it's easy when people pick on Mississippi. I'm like, yeah, I get it, bro. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we've never really had a lot going back. for us. We don't even know how to read, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's the, you know the there's some vocal people out here in California that just uh, sour the whole the whole batch. That's what yep. it is. Yeah, yeah. But there's some there's some still some good fruit out here. Oh, there oh, it is. Yeah, oh, no oh. doubt, no doubt. So no, a bunch of great people out there in California. A lot of them are moving, but a lot there's you know. It's, 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 it's a, you know, we're not going to get into all the politics of it and stuff, but it is certainly some individuals at the top that are, that are making well, a, lot know, of a, a big piece of what we do it, with men reforms is reclaiming masculinity. So mm -hmm. we've been very intentional with these last couple of episodes of having great influential men from the West coast on our show, because they too want to reclaim masculinity for, for their home state. So let's package it that way. There we go. The that's we got we we got a larger gap over here in California. We've got a larger gap to reclaim our masculinity. <laughs> opportunities, uh, more opportunities for growth. More opportunities where, where where everyone seems to be here. So, um, yeah, no, I love that. Yeah, man. So I, let's. I, I want to talk about your story a little bit. I want to get into it because uh, you know, obviously, our listeners, uh, you know, are primarily, you know, men. There, there's actually several women that listen, but primarily geared around men and stuff. And we like hearing stories. We know stories are powerful and stuff. So I, I know you're high performance coach now, right? High performance yes, men's coach. Um, you own a modeling agency. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. I started mannequin models in 2009 and we're a fit model agency here in SoCal. We provide fitting models to clothing brands and all throughout Southern California and our models try on clothes to make sure that the garments fit correctly. So they give feedback on the way it feels functions and, um, fits overall. That's, that is genius. So it is. And it's the most unique thing. I remember when you talked about this, when we met, I was like, I have never heard about that before. <laughs> like that is a very niche kind of thing. I wouldn't imagine. Is that a big industry or is that something you've kind of well, if you, think, or whatever? If, if you think about it, every clothing store that you've ever shopped at that has a brick and mortar location where you can walk in and buy something from there, they most likely have a designer, a product developer, a pattern maker, and a fit model. They have to try their garment on someone if they're designing the clothes to fit a certain body type. So I provide those body types and my models give the feedback. So every clothing company that is of it has any place in any mall or retail store has a fit model. And huh. most modeling agencies don't go after it. So it's, it's, 
it is a very specific niche and it's just one that I happened to fall into back in 2004. Uh, I developed a good reputation decided to start the agency and it's just, it's been picking up ever since. That's fantastic, man. I mean, that's a, it's a good, it's a good complimentary, um, you know, business to what, what you do and what you're passionate about, right? You're passionate about fitness. You're passionate about helping people reach their, their fitness goals and stuff specifically in that area. I know there's more to it than that, but yeah. I mean, that's, that, that's, a, that's a, uh, that's a great complimentary business with it. I mean, that's a good idea. Yeah. I mean, being a, a fit model myself since 2004, like the biggest lessons that has kind of primed me and helped equip me to be a coach and bring out the best in men is as a fit model, your job is to stay the same shape and size. And I started when I was 20, I'm 39 now. Your body changes, your metabolism changes, your lifestyle changes. And so I had to constantly go back to the drawing board and find out new workout programs that worked, new diets that worked, new macro splits that worked. Um, and I had to change it because clients would start to notice if, if I was doing the same thing for too long that I would start to develop certain muscles. Like I used, I love riding motocross and there's a certain muscle on your back that develops when you're doing like mm. the pull and the push on the handlebars. And so clients would start calling that out. So then I had to find something to kind of hide that or make that reduce. And so I became hyper aware of every single muscle, how it showed and presented itself through a garment. Wow. And I didn't realize it at the time, but that was helping me become a better coach when I started shifting into performance coaching for men and business coaching for men is noticing all the little details and the little nuances and how over time it does make a difference and, and helping people adjust and find a program that works for them. Cause I've had to go through so many of them. So I've got a, a, a question slash just, I want to chat about this some more. Cause this is very intriguing to me, yeah. uh, especially cause we just did a training this morning for our, for the our, yeah, JV. We're, we're the same wavelength all the time. Uh, I'm still on the stuff. I start, I, yeah, except for the intros. I do those way better. <laughs> he does those much better than uh, I do. <laughs> <laughs> not as good as Luke. Not as good as Luke, but much better than him. Um, no, we were doing, so we're doing a training. Uh, we do a weekly training with our clients, uh, ethos training. And yeah. part of, part of our ethos is etiquette and a, and a kind of a subcategory of that is body language. And mm. of course, as we were talking about body language, we were talking about the fact of, you know, having your body in some type of shape, you know, and being able to be aware of how you carry yourself, not just with your, you know, posture or whatever, but just how you carry yourself because you're either fit or you're not fit or you're getting fit or somewhere in between. Um, but this, to me, like this, this will be super helpful for those of us that are um, less aware or maybe less disciplined or whatever it may be on, like, that's so specific on, I can literally target this one muscle to make it look exactly how, now, obviously it takes a lot of habit and discipline, but I'd like for you to maybe express, talk more about that because I would imagine, you know, the strong majority of our listeners are not like, Hey, I want to be a fit model. Not that they shouldn't be. If you want to be, you should go work with Luke, but it, they, they may want to be like me where it's like, I want this area of my body to look like this. And I want this area of my body to look like this. Like, it sounds like you have it pretty dialed in. Can you, can you give some, um, some pointers on some of that and maybe how important it is even outside of your world and what you do with fit modeling? Yeah. So I kind of heard a couple of questions in there. And what I, yeah, what I heard you, what I heard you say is that the way that you show up can affect how people receive you. And yes. I also heard you say like, you can really dial into like how to manipulate or train certain specific muscle groups. So there's kind of like a fitness element and then also like a charisma physiology element 
to the, that question. And so I'm going to jump on the physiology one first, because I think it's so important, um, how people present themselves. And it's one thing that I've been hyper aware of in my life, um, just growing up in theater and growing up doing dance and, and being aware of my body and being, uh, fairly athletic. I mean, um, and then also just stepping into this fit model world and seeing how each customer is trying to each clothing brand is trying to fit a specific customer. So when I'm working with Volcom or Ruka, they're, they're catering their fit to a surfer. Now, if you go to the beach and look at the surfers, they stand a certain way because of what they do. They're usually really tall. Their chest is big. Shoulders are back and down, relaxed. And they're probably, they don't have a lot of lower body mass because they're, they're, they're not doing a lot of heavy lifting or anything. So they stand a certain way based on what they do. You go and look at a baseball player. They're going to have a totally different body type. And so, I started to notice that how your activities produced a shape in people, but then that shape also produces a response in how people receive them. Mm. They have an expectation based off the way people show up. So I was like, man, this is interesting. I wonder if I can use this to help like get me booked for jobs. Like if I know that I'm going into banana Republic or, um, a higher end clothing brand, how does that guy stand? If I can walk in that way and present myself that way, and I just hold that frame as that perceived customer for that client, I wonder if they would overlook the over overdeveloped muscles on my back because I like to ride motocross every week. Hmm. Right. And if I could, if I could blend the two together and 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 almost present myself as the person that they want to hire. And so, and I also like, in a, it's, I have a 12 week program that I go, it's a purpose and clarity uh, program that I put guys through. And, and we talk about um, how you show up and how um, one of the action items we give them is for seven days, I need them to smile everywhere and see just how that affects their life. And their goal is to get two compliments from someone unwarranted going, dude, like, what's your, what's with you? Like, why are you smiling? Are you, are you happy? All that? Like, I want them to do it so much where it feels awkward to them because I want them to see how they show up differently produces a different result in the, what they receive back from the world. So that's the physiology mm. element and the charisma and how you show yourself and, and how I've been able to become hyper aware of that through the different needs of clients that I work with. Cause I work with brands from like Levi's to, um, hot topic, which is kind of like more goth, like rock band type stuff all the way to Volcom. And then up to the higher end of like Vince, which is like high end, high end, you know, clothing they sell at Nordstrom's and Saks and Bloomingdale's and stuff like that. Um, so then going back to the fitness element, um, and discipline, discipline is probably the biggest thing that will help you develop your muscles the way that you want. If you're after something super specific, I mean, I don't even know what all the muscles are called. I just know that when people bring a measuring tape out, I have to either hide them, flex them or, or manipulate or inhale or exhale or drop my shoulders, pull my shoulders back forward and things like that to hit the spec that I need to hit. So. Well, I need some fit models uh, that with some bigger shoulders at men's warehouse. I know that. Goodness <laughs> gracious. Yeah. Can you help yeah. JP out with that, please? Getting, you know, we are casting for models. Why don't you submit on our website? We'll get some measuring tape around you next time I see you. Right on, right on. Let's do it. Um, so how'd you how'd you get into how'd you get into fitness? Uh, what what was the what was the draw on there? And uh, 
So fitness, fitness, fitness. Um, I would say that I really started developing my love for fitness in 2000 and uh, late 2008. And I was living up in Northern Los Angeles in the Valley. And I was working all the way in Orange County, which is about a 65 mile drive. Um, but with traffic, it takes two and a half hours. So I'd get out of my last client at like 3.30, sometimes four o'clock. And that's the worst time to head north and go home. So I'd leave at four o'clock. I wouldn't get home till like six 30 or seven. Like, this is ridiculous. So I saw all these people running one time around the street and I was driving and it just caught my attention. So I followed them around the block and they ended up going to this little, like, like industrial complex thing. And I walked in and it was a, it was a CrossFit gym. And I was like, Oh man, all right, this is, this is interesting. I've never seen this kind of equipment before. It was kind of new to me because I was, my workout routine was run two miles as fast as I could every morning, do a hundred pushups, hundred squats, hundred sit-ups. And it was just like my maintenance routine. Um, and I, I did that really fast. Like I would run my two miles and like some, like my goal was to get sub 14. I was trying to push. Um, and just, I would go Solid. as hard as I could. And so I walk into this CrossFit gym. I'm like, Hey, I want to do a workout because traffic sucks. And I'm, I'm, you know, the, this this looks interesting and i think i could do it and he's like all right well it's a pretty intense workout you think uh uh, uh maybe you want to come back to another day and i was like no no it's cool let's just do it. what are we doing so we did this workout called 300 kettlebell meltdown and so it's 300 kettlebell swings but every 60 seconds you had to drop down and do five burpees Ooh. and then get back up and continue on your kettlebell swings with the remaining time so five burpees takes you know, about 25 to 30 seconds. So you have 30 seconds to get back on the kettlebell swing. The first minute you get 60 seconds. So, uh, the prescribed weight was 53, 35. So 53 for guys, 35 for, for women. And, uh, I wasn't able to do the 53 cause I've never done kettlebell before. So I had the 35. Um, and it took me 32 minutes to get through this <laughs> yeah. whole workout. Like I thought I was going to kill it. I was like, this is going to be, this is the whole workout. Like I was confused, but I was sore for 10 days straight. And I'm pretty sure I, I wasn't diagnosed, but I'm pretty sure I had rhabdo. Pretty sure I had rhabdo. Because I, I couldn't move. Like on the weekends, I just like I couldn't even get out of bed. And I was like, this is ridiculous. So it hurt my pride. And so I was like, I'm like, fuck this. I'm going back. So I, I as soon as I got like unsore, I ran, I went back in. I'm like, dude, I'm signing up. You got to teach me everything you know. Cause I'm like, I can't feel like that again. I can't get defeated by fitness. So I thought I was fit. So then I just, I started going and I started getting addicted and I started driving down there on weekends just to go work out. And that developed my love of, of CrossFit and fitness and, and the sport of fitness. Cause fitness was always just a, a way for me to maintain my spec and keep my job. I never really looked at it more than that. But once I got into CrossFit, I was like, this is amazing. Fast forward to 2000 and, uh, 13, I decided to get my level one CrossFit and got this bright idea that, Hey, you know what? I should probably start one of these things. So I ended up starting a CrossFit gym in Santa Monica, uh, in 2000, late 2013. And that, that, that. So five that years is, after you were introduced to CrossFit, you started your own CrossFit box. Yes, sir. That's awesome. <laughs> yes, sir. I started coaching at one in, in, on the West side in West LA. And, uh, I just, I enjoyed it. And I was talking to the owners. I was pretty good friends with the owners and they were about, they were getting ready to invest in a second one. And we were, I was going to invest with them, but they were kind of dragging their feet. Some, some things didn't work out and it kind of was just like taking a little longer than I wanted. And so I was like, screw it. I'm just, I'm going to pull out. I'm going to do my own. I was like, we're still friends. See you guys. And we maintain a good friendship, but, uh, yeah, I had to go on my own and I just, 
dove right in. And that's typically my style as I, I jump first and ask questions later. And I figured it all out. Well, it's, it, you know, sink or swim, right? We talk yeah. about it all the time. We, we kind of say it different ways. I say, you know, fire aim ready. JP says jump off a cliff and then, you know, build a parachute on the way down kind of thing. <laughs> it's like it, that's the mentality of an entrepreneur and a, and a high achiever. You know, the fight to survive is powerful. It is. And when you know, when you know, if you don't do anything, you're just going to hit the bottom really hard. You figure it out really quick. But mm -hmm. if you never take the jump, there's no pressure. I love the pressure to perform like mentality where it's like, yeah, you, you jump off and then you, you, you fashion your shirt into a parachute because you have no other choice. Otherwise it's like, it's over. So, and so, so here's a question for you. Would you say that uh, if, if guys, we, we had this conversation with, uh, Brian Panuzzo last week or week before or whatever. And he was asking us like what a lot of our, our guys, when they come to the table, like what's missing or whatever. And we were talking about like a lot of dudes just feel like they don't have purpose. They're kind of in a rut. They're just doing their thing over and over and over. They're yeah. good at their job or whatever. And they're not a bad father or bad husband, but they're just, you know, it's kind of pretty, everything's pretty good. Right. Would, would you say that in your belief, if we're not continuing to take that next step or jump off that next cliff or, you know, whatever, step out on faith, however you want to put it, that we really are limiting ourselves as men specifically. I mean, I, I people obviously, but as men specifically, is there, is there some kind of um, high importance on continuing to, to reach for the next thing because of what it unleashes inside of you? If you want to get what you want in life, then yes, there is very, there's a very like, high importance on knowing who you are. And what you said is like men, they build this life and they become comfortable with it and they tend to stay in that comfort zone. Now, I just want to propose to you guys that like, what is it about us? What is it about me? Or what is it about you that desires comfort? Who, who or what part of you desires comfort? Now, I just did a talk on this last week um, with all the guys in the program and talking about who we are and our identity. And our identity is made up of what? What is our identity? Who are we? Now, the way I look at it is that we I break it up into three pieces. Our body, which is our physical earth suit. Um, our soul, which is composed, composed of five things, our intellect, our memory, our imagination. Um, our emotions and our willpower. And that's our, that's our soul. And then we have our spirit. Now, only one of those things desires comfort and doesn't like to push itself. Mm. And that's the body. And the body wants three things, food, comfort, and sex. Yep. We got to, we got to keep ourselves alive. We got to seek shelter when it gets cold, when, when the environmental, when you know, 62 degrees in California. We gotta... Yeah. You got to put a jacket on <laughs> and, and then, and then we got to procreate, right? So the problem is, is throughout life, nothing supports men living in their spirit, living in their power. We're mm. just expected to do things in the physical realm. And so we give in to the body. We, we eat diets and we eat food out of convenience and comfort. Oh, because the kids don't like it. So I can't make healthy food or my wife doesn't want to cook it or whatever the, the excuse may be. We allow our body to start making choices for us, but the body doesn't think we have to live in our soul. And ideally we have to live in our spirit. So I know we're getting super deep on this oh, question. That's so good. But, but, um, I think most men are confused about where they're supposed to live and which one makes the decisions and they feel their body. They see their body. They, they know 
their body and everyone knows their body and sees what's on the outside, but it's the inside that is what needs to be driving it. And we allow the outside to drive. If that makes any mm. sense. No, that makes a lot of sense. No, it does make a lot of sense. And that's what we're talking about. A lot of what, where, where our focus is, is on building character, right? So a lot of that has to do with a lot of those things that, that you just encompass that are not necessarily visible, right? A lot of it's the foundation, right? What is, what is the, the house actually built on? Um, you know, where's, where's the core at and is the core solid, you know, and I think that, you know, you talked about, you said the, the, you know, the word identity and, and it's, it's unfortunate because I think there's a lot of men that walk around today that have no idea who they are and they change every day. It's mm -hmm. all depends on which way the wind's blowing. They might as well become a feather, you know, in that, that situation. Have you guys read the book, uh, outwitting the devil? Yes. Outstanding okay. book. What's the goal? <laughs> He, permanent drifters. Yeah, I mean, how many right. men are permanent drifters in yeah. that book? The devil claims to have 98% of us yeah. permanently drifting, not certain on what we want in life, not going after it. And when we do go after it and it gets too hard, oh, you know what? Maybe it was a mistake. Maybe I should just mm. go back to my comfort zone. Maybe I should just listen to my body again. Yeah. Well, I'll yeah. tell you what, your body is out of those three things that I mentioned, the body, the soul, and the spirit, your body is the slave. It doesn't get to make decisions. Mm. It jumps at the commands that you give it. You can give it commands from the soul or you can give it commands from the spirit. Now, I think the biggest problem is that we all try and feed the soul. We all try and feed our pride and we, we try and learn everything we possibly can, join every mastermind we can, read every book we can, um, you know, watch every YouTube tutorial we can. And we try and just think that we have control. But then we realize, you know, when when we get out there, our our power runs out. We get exhausted, and then we kind of go back to the battle of the body, body and soul, body and soul. Mm -hmm. It's not until you tap into the spirit when you have endless energy to do what you are called to do. Because when you're called to do it, you can work 72 hours without going to sleep, and you still have energy somehow left over until the job is done, your assignment is done. Then it's like, okay, now your body is like, okay, let's give your body rest. Now we have to take care of our body. We have to we have to care for our body with food and proper nutrition and hygiene, and we have to command our body. Now, most of us don't know how to command it. And when we do, we usually, we don't have a strong enough willpower. And our willpower is the ability to say yes or no. Yes, I'm doing this. No, I'm not. And we don't exercise those two words and stick to them hard enough. And then when that runs out, we don't know where to go, especially if you don't believe in a higher power or anything above you. If you think you're, you're God's gift to earth and you you make all the decisions, then 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 I, well, maybe the, you should write a book, but um, <laughs> <laughs> you're in trouble. We'll just yeah. put it yeah, there. But you might be in trouble and I don't know, but, uh, but yeah, it's when you tap into something higher than you, um, that is calling you to produce fruit and have impacts on other people. And like the universe doesn't like vacuum. So if you're out to get what you want, you're not going to be supported in many fashions from, from the physical realm, the spiritual realm, or just in general, you have to produce fruit. You have to grow roots and you have to have it on a solid foundation. You have to produce fruit that feeds others. And when you do that, you, 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 you complement the cycle of life that we're all trying to do. And, and the, the, and then life starts to support you better because you're giving back. Dude, I, number one, I want to say this, this conversation right here is going to bless some people majorly. Thank you for your perspective on this. This is really good. Um, and it's interesting that you're you're saying this the way that you are because it's something we've been talking about a lot with um, with our clients in some one on one environments is understanding that um, becoming you know who you are called to be who you're created to be is selfless when you tap into that higher power into your spirit 
or the spirit, as we would say, you know, you start to put others first, you know, you're starting to, you're, you're out to have a, a, a higher calling, more of an impact. But I believe that the way that you begin that process and maybe continue to uh, solidify that mentality is by being selfish in a way that you have to work on yourself. Like you have to command your body, you have to command your mind, you know, you have to be becoming right every day. You have to be, you have to be disciplined and habitual about things that allow you to have control over the physical. So then you can focus on that, that higher power and what your true calling is and then pour out into others. Right. Yeah. I'd love to get your input on that. Yeah. Yeah. There's a couple of things there. I mean, so I've been, so two years ago, coming up to well, February, yeah, two years ago, um, I joined my first uh, mastermind group and that's what changed the tra trajectory of my life. And it was a whole new arena for me. And um, what I loved about it is they, they focused so much on the businessman over the business plan and impact over income, just like we focus on in the program. And um, from there, I went into it with selfish intentions. Absolutely. I was going to sell my business. I was going to make a million dollars. I was going to do everything they told me. I was going to get all these praise and accolades. Everyone's going to notice me. And it was all about Luke. Throughout the two years of diving in, trying to just figure out who I am, like I got challenged with some pretty heavy questions um, about discipline, about who I am, what part of me needs to die for me to become the person I need to be. Like all this stuff that like blew my mind. And I was like, how is this getting me what I want? Like this is, it got frustrating, but then I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to listen to these coaches. I'm going to, I'm going to do what they say. And I just started peeling back the layers of who I was. And I was, I was a, if I'm honest with myself, I was a fortified douchebag. Okay. So I started peeling back the layers of who I really was underneath it all. And as I peeled back the layers, I eventually got past my identity. And I realized that there was something greater that was calling me. And I had to figure out what that was. So first it's peeling back all the layers of self, but then realizing that there's something way more powerful than you ever thought possible that's fueling you. But then learning how to tap into it, communicate with it, understand it, and figure out how to, to um, produce it in the world. Because you see it, but the hard part is, is like you could hear something, but doesn't mean I can go and write that song. I can see something, but it doesn't mean I can go paint that picture. So part of the process is to acquiring and developing the skills of being able to produce the calling that's on your life that's only given to you. And so, yeah, uh, so that's 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 like why we say in the program, trust the process. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people get to the point where it's like, well, they don't they don't see the end game for them. And if they stay in that selfish mindset and they don't open themselves up to change and growth and being challenged and, and being put under pressure, it's uncomfortable. Yeah. So going back to your question about discipline, I developed this thing that, I mean, I, did, I can't say I own it, but I, I, I developed this thing when I joined my first mastermind called the daily discipline. And it was walking or running 2.37 miles. Now I, it was this way for the, the way i framed it for myself was that it was a way for me to invest in the bank account of Luke's um, self-worth, right? It was just no matter what, nothing in life was going to overcome or take that away from me. I'm going to run or walk 2.37 miles. And it was my daily discipline. And I did that. And I got up to a streak of like 616 days. 
well, just recently I crashed on my dirt bike back in November, uh, three months ago, crashed on my dirt bike, broke my shoulder, broke nine ribs, broke my sternum, collapsed the lung and broke my Damn. thumb. Um, I was in the hospital and there were, I couldn't even sit up because like my sternum had broke. It was attached to my, 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 um, abdomen. And every time I moved or twisted, it pulled on my busted ribs. So it was excruciating. And so I lost my streak. I thought that it would be easy for me to pick up discipline just like that. But the thing is, is I was disciplining the wrong thing. I disciplined a habit. And I thought that I was investing in my self-worth and it actually made me question a lot these last three months. And after discovering my identity as the spirit, the soul, and the body, I was, I was, um, that daily discipline was actually just a little a pad, like a hug on my pride every day. Mm. Ooh, little ego boost. Yeah. You're a little better than everybody because you can do yeah. this every single day. You got a streak of 600. Who else does that? Right. So I was disciplining my pride. And so when I tried to get back to moving my body again, after healing up from this accident, I realized that I didn't practice disciplining the right thing. And the going back to the body, soul, and spirit is I need to learn how to discipline the body. So what I've been trying to do is practice those two things, care for and command my body. Well, my body has been so used to sitting in the throne for so long, it's giving me so much resistance in getting back to my daily discipline. I am back on my daily discipline, and now it's different because now it's like, okay, body, you're going to do exactly what I tell you to do because you're not in charge anymore. Mm -hmm. And it's taking over also – any, any addiction or uh, impulses or um, like opportunities to look at pornography. Mm -hmm. The other thing, sex, right? The body's drawn towards that. Also, I'm really challenging myself to be careful of what I put in my mouth. Again, taking control and commanding my body again, but using it as a form of discipline now rather than just the battle between flesh and spirit. I keep going deep with this. I'm sorry, but no, that's, this, is, no, this that's, is where this is where I'm at right now. No, this is this is good stuff, man. And 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 to be honest with you, it's something that Cam and I actually just got done talking about when we started talking about doing daily disciplines and like these challenges over these periods of time that where people really miss it is it's not hey for the next six weeks I'm gonna create a streak and do this and stuff. It's I'm gonna become a different person. It's no longer a streak. I become a different person in the process because that's where people yo-yo with stuff and everything. But man, I know that we're right up on the, the edge of time and stuff. And I, I want to give you a chance, like let everybody know all of our listeners where they can find you, how they can get a hold of you and, and, and what you're doing. If they have any more questions or anything about what you're doing. Yeah, sure. Um, so you can find me on Instagram, the fit model. My handle is the fit model. Um, and if you are interested in working with me in any, any fashion, I work with the, uh, the program with Nick Alfano. Um, so any, anybody who wants to work with me in a coaching fashion should just go there. We have a website reprogram.ai. Uh, and I'm one of the coaches there. It's an entrepreneurial coaching program for male entrepreneurs who are husbands and fathers and who are looking to push themselves a little bit harder, who have either reached burnout or boredom, um, or are a little bit confused or lost in their identity. Um, my part in that uh, whole organization is to help bring guys clarity, purpose, and um, find out who they are. And, you know, I, I have a few methods that I do, as you guys saw in the workout, um, mm -hmm. where I, I'm, I, I would say one of my strongest attributes is getting people to buy in and commit to something um, without them even knowing it. And then they go, what did I just, what did I just agree to? 
And then I hold them fiercely accountable to it. And I, it, it's, it, it's like the, the words came out of their mouth. I just asked a question. They answered it. Then they didn't realize they answered it. And then they're like, oh, what? and then I cashed that check. So it's like, they write a check with their mouth and I go, okay, now I'm going to cash it. I'm like, what? You Really? I'm like, yeah, you said it. <laughs> so I get these agreements from guys um, and it usually works out really, really well. And then I also employ everyone to adopt a daily discipline because there's so many evolving lessons in it. Um, you know, it took me 616 days to realize that the daily discipline is an effective tool when it's used the right way. I was using the tool, but I wasn't using it to its full capacity. And so, you know, it, and that, that has, the daily discipline has taught me so many things in terms of what I actually value in life. Um, so that's one of the first lessons I think most people will learn when they adopt a daily discipline, even if they don't fully understand its full use. But as you get them further and further along, then you start to see them open up and be open to more uh, the next evolution of the lesson through the daily discipline. So yeah, uh, reprogram.ai if you want to work with me in a coaching fashion or uh, the fit model on Instagram. That's, Dude, awesome. Thank, That's awesome. Th thank you so much for being on here. And I'm, I'm like, so kicking ourselves for um, not having more time with you. So we definitely got to do this again. No, we'll yeah, run it back to. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But dude, appreciate you big time. This, this, how about major you guys have value. me come over, to, come to one of your events and speak? Let's do it. Let's do hey, it. Hey, that. if you've I'd heard any of do. our episodes, that's typically how we wrap up. We, we ask, we don't really ask. We just kind of put people on the spot and say, Hey, since we're recording, uh, we're going to ask you to come speak at one of our events. And, and if you say yes on here, then we'll, we'll hold you to it. So, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Right. Now you Not stole my thunder. That was that was that was gonna be my oh, closing man. line right there. Well, you I'm, screwed I'm up the all interest, all good. I screwed yeah. up. Hey, look, I get it. I get it. Hey, I, I gotta earn my right to close now. Uh so hey, we are we are what I love about what I love about guys like you and 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 like is we're we are men on fire. And when we know what we want to do, we're unstoppable and we have a mentality of you know inclusion and support and also this fine line of like challenge and kind of like, you know, we don't, we don't call each other out. We call each other up. And um, yeah, it's just really cool to be a part of this and, and see you guys doing all the good work that you guys are doing. And ultimately we're all have that. We all have the same goal, impact men, make men better, um, give them clarity and, and refuel or reignite that fire within all of us because it's there. Mine was almost burnt out two years ago. And it was because of masterminds and coaches and, and guys like you that bring out, brought out the best in me um, when I just leaned in and allowed myself to be open and realize that I didn't have all the answers. So I want to thank you guys for uh, being so, um, so energetic, so passionate, and so focused on what you guys are doing because you guys are, you guys are proving very effective. And I watch what you guys do on socials all the time. And yeah, JP, we had an awesome ride back from uh, the event. Yeah, yeah. Back to the airport. Yeah, I would like to dig into that a little bit more too. I know we ran out of time this time, but the next the next time we jump on one of these podcasts, I want to I want to dig into that a little bit as well. Because love your mind, dude. Beautiful mind. All of it's yeah, been learned sure. uh, by the school of hard knocks uh, <laughs> and stuff. You You're know, not just experience. good looks. You're not yeah. just a pretty face. That's for sure. Yeah. So. <laughs> Thanks, this brother. Face, this face is for radio. My mom said so. <laughs> <laughs> My mom said so. <laughs> Thanks, brother, man. You know, we, you know, we love you, dude. Much love headed your way and stuff. Enjoy that uh, that cool weather that you have out there in California, man.
Yeah, I'm going to go put a puffer on over this. Hang on. <laughs> nice. <laughs> all right. All y'all listening to this right now, obviously, this is one of those re-listens. You're probably going to need to listen to this a couple times just to listen closely because Luke dropped some bombs uh, that, that are really going to help you out. Daily discipline is a big one right there that you need to start taking in. And if you've listened to any of our stuff in the past, you know damn good well that we believe that as well. So with that being said, you guys have been part of the movement. Appreciate you.